Hello and welcome to our first year of Mattress and Stories podcast. I'm your host, Molly Vassabertolucci. I'm a licensed therapist and a maternal mental health specialist. I'm a mother of two on a parenthood learning journey, just like you. On this podcast, I talk with moms about their first year of motherhood and all of the joys, challenges, and surprises that come along with it. We share a lot of information and resources here, but this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a mental health professional. I'm really excited to share this conversation with you. Thanks for being here with me. Today's guest on our first year is Megan Walsh. Megan is a licensed creative arts therapist and board-certified music therapist and a new mom. In this episode, Megan talks with us about what her first year as a mother has been like and how her training and work as a creative arts psychotherapist has set her up to bond and connect with her son. Megan talks about getting to establish a playful, fun, loving, and openly affectionate family culture, how communication has strengthened her relationship with her husband, and navigating adjusting ambition and work-life balance as a mother and business owner. This is a really fun one. Megan talks about some ways to use music for co-regulation, connection, and bonding, and gives some tools and examples as well. Before we jump in with Megan, I want to remind you about the Support in Motherhood quiz, a quick, fun quiz to take to find out what kind of support you need in motherhood. Take the quiz and get a personalized list of resources and support to help you thrive in your mom era. You can find the quiz at poppy-therapy.com quiz and also linked in the show notes. All right, let's jump in with Megan and get ready to be inspired to go dance and sing with your kids. All right, Megan, thank you so much for joining us. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, So I am Megan. I work as a licensed creative arts psychotherapist. Um, So I see uh, clients from teens to to adults. Um, I was, you know, very full time. But after having my son, Michael, um, who is eight months old, now I'm doing um, more more of a part time uh, work as I've adjusted to motherhood. Um, I am married to my husband, Mike, who uh, we've been married since 2021. had a had a pandemic wedding experience, so that got bumped a little, <laughs> a little longer than we liked. But, um, but yeah, that's that's our our little family, me, Mike, and and Michael, and then we have two dogs, uh, Franklin and Molly, who are are adorable and and a handful. What three words would you use to describe your first year of motherhood so far? Oh, that is a great question. I would say um, wonderful. Uh, exhausting and three, three is an interesting number (laughs) because I feel like I want to balance out, right? Like the wonderful and the chaos, but, but I think maybe we'll, we'll bring in chaos as my last, my last word. That's for sure. That's such a good one. I'm actually surprised that hasn't come up before because it it is, it's such a chaotic time, like such a destabilizing, like chaotic oh time. My God. Yep. Absolutely. Especially as a very, you know, type A type person beforehand, love to plan, you know, love to feel in control and poof, it's all gone. Yeah. Babies are really good at being like, nope, Mm-mm. you are not in charge yep. here. You're on my time now. Yep. So true. What was the model in your head of motherhood? What did you think that 
the first year would be like? Uh, you know, I knew it would be exhausting. I specifically, um, I remember my husband and I on our anniversary last year, we were like, we were doing a toast and we were like, you know, we know that this next year, right? Cause that was in September. We had him in, in November. Um, and so we knew we're like, this next year is going to be, I know it's going to be hard, right? All we've heard is that this is going to be hard. It's going to be really hard. You're not going to sleep. And then, but we said, we want to make sure that we focus on all the good things. And I really, I really took that with me. And every like kind of little, little moment. And, and so many of these moments are around being really connected with, with my son, whether he's smiling, right? Like, you know, the, the best feeling is right when you're walking in to wake them up or if they already got up and they see you and they're really happy and excited. Um, you know, that's, that's the best. And so, you know, while, while I knew that the first year was going to be exhausting and, you know, full of, of lack of sleep and all of that, you know, it actually has just been so special to really like hone in on these, right? These moments, like he's already getting so big or like, right. I can't even like hold him and snuggle him in the same way as when he was, um, much, much younger. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of feelings. It sounds like you and your husband did some kind of planning on the front end to make sure that this first year, even though it's exhausting and chaotic, that it would be wonderful, that you would be able to have the space and kind of perspective to acknowledge and yeah. recognize that even in the chaos. Oh, totally. Yep. And that they can coexist, which is always such a helpful tool in allowing both to coexist. How have you fed your baby in the first year? So I um, primarily breastfed for the first, I'd say the first seven months. And then now we're doing um, half, half breastfeeding, half formula. Um, and so that has been a very nice change. Um, you know, luckily breastfeeding went, came very easy for me. Um, I feel really lucky that that's the case because so many other moms in my circle, it did not, you know, come easy for. And so it just kind of made the most sense um, to do it that way. But then once I've been back to work and, you know, needing to pump, I really, I really dislike pumping tremendously. <laughs> and um, yeah, and it was, it was so that I would have to put them to bed and then wait three hours and then pump before I went to bed, even though I was already like, I would like to be in bed by now. Um, so it was just, I was uh, hating it so much. And after, after the six month mark, I thought about it for a while and felt like, okay, I can, I can stop that. And, and we can add in formula and it's a okay. And it's been great. So good. Yeah. A good balance. Yes, absolutely. What has sleep been like in this first year? Uh, sleep has been, it's been okay. Um, I will say, <laughs> I feel very grateful. Um, he, you know, started out as a pretty, a pretty okay sleeper. Um, I was very, you know, having had a lot of, uh, my you know, sister-in-laws and friends, many people have babies before me. I've gotten to see like the whole spectrum of how sleep can go. So I kind of already had a lot of information and knew, I really want to be sure that we're kind of on top of the schedule. Here's the, the type A coming out again, right? This is one place that I can try and bring some sort of structure and control. So I'm going to do it. Um, and so definitely, you know, worked hard to get us on a schedule, on a routine. Um, and 
he's he's done remarkably well. He was sleeping really well before the four month um, regression, which which it did hit. But then we started implementing some you know some uh, sleep training pieces, some you know modified Ferber method. And honestly, we only had to do it for like a day, and he then you know kind of quickly learned to put himself to sleep. And, you know, there's, of course, been moments here and there where it hasn't gone perfectly. And as my husband will always say, it's okay. <laughs> it's not going to go perfectly every time. But, you know, at least since for the past few months, it's been pretty reliable and consistent that he sleeps through the night. We're on two naps a day that are pretty decently sized. And so I feel, I feel very, very grateful that kind of sticking to it, even though like, in the middle of it. Like I remember one night being like, I have to, I have to go downstairs because so much of it is every part of me wanted to run in when he first woke up and started crying, but knowing he's, he can do it, right. He's okay. I know he's okay. All needs are met. He can, and it's going to help him and help us for him to learn to put himself back to sleep, which has been uh, just so great for our, our mental health to be able to rely on. He goes to bed and we are, we're good right? We don't have to worry. So yeah, sleep is such a game changer, right? Like everything is oh, so yeah. much harder when you're tired. Right. And having some predictability is so helpful too. Oh, yeah. All right, quick break here to talk with you about the Ollie Swaddle. Both of my girls loved to be swaddled as newborns. And no matter how many times the nurses showed me, no matter how many YouTube tutorials I watched, I could never figure out the muslin blanket folding, tightening, the whole process. And the last thing I needed was to be worried about it coming undone when I was sleeping. So in true first-time mom fashion, I got every swaddle on the market to try. And the Ollie swaddle from Ollie World was it. Game changer, worked so well for both of my girls and was so easy. And anything that makes life easier with a newborn is a win. I seriously think that if they made swaddles for three-year-olds, my three-year-old would still be in a swaddle and I would be sleeping much, much more than I am now. Ollie World has given listeners of the podcast a discount code, which I will link in the show notes for you to try out the swaddle. Again, game changer, highly recommend. Let's get back to my conversation with Megan. What challenges have you faced this year that you didn't anticipate? You know, I would say that the biggest surprise, I think, to me was how it really forced my husband and I to have to um, really work even more on our communication. Like, I... I kind of always thought like, yeah, I'm a therapist, like we communicate well, but then, you know, when, when there's sleep deprivation involved and, and especially, you know, when you're breastfeeding, there is this like inherent, like un, unequalness when it comes to, right, the time and the energy and, and right, just the pieces that I could do that he couldn't do. And so I found myself feeling like, oh, Right, feeling um, maybe resentful at times, which I know many other moms share, and and but knowing that like I know you can't possibly do anymore right now, um, and so so the yeah working on the communication there of being able to say like hey this is what I'm feeling, but I'm not putting it right I'm not trying to put it onto you I'm just going to name it you can know it's not personal but that we can you know really work hard to make space for each other's needs even though it's the two of us here together, you know, being able to 
only be able to share, you know, all the overwhelm that we're feeling, you know, with each other. And so a lot of, a lot of communication pieces. And actually at this point, I feel like, like, wow, we're even stronger than I could have, than I could have imagined we would be at this point. So pretty, pretty great. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of practice in like naming and acknowledging what you're experiencing and what you're experiencing, and then also recognizing like your partner's having an experience as well. Like we're yeah. in this mm-hmm. together, maybe not necessarily feeling the same thing or dealing with it in the mm-hmm. same way, but we're both having this experience and allowing that to bring you closer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What was it like for you going back to work? So tell us a little bit mm-hmm. more about what your work looks like as a creative arts psychotherapist and your transition back to work, all the feelings, all the transitions around that. Yeah. Oh, that that brought up so much leading into maternity leave, um, you know, feeling, you know, just feeling so hard to like take the space from my clients, like like, the guilt of being like, oh, I'm not going to be there to support you. And and this of course was, you know, I was, he was born the first week in November. And so I was like feeling this guilt of like, oh, I'm leaving my clients high and dry during the holidays where, you know, there's so much, so much that comes up that needing to be processed at that time. But, you know, I knew that I have to, right. I have to be there for, for my son and for me, and it's okay to take this space. Um, and I, I, I grappled with how long to take, you know, owning my own business and setting my own schedule. I got to kind of decide that. And I had, you know, financially saved, you know, put away enough money for about three months, but I, I did start to gradually start seeing clients again after, after about 10 weeks, I, had just I slowly kind of ramped up which which that way was good that felt it felt like enough because I was seeing clients virtually so from my home office and I wasn't leaving and and going back to work like nine to five full time it was a very gradual process it actually felt really kind of nice and healing to like go into my own designated space where I can play a role that wasn't just mom that I could be back right in a space that I knew that I had full, you know, not mostly, but control over my role in it. Um, You know, being able to just feel like my normal self again was really nice. Um, And it was like, I I had to cut down my client list a bit um, going from full-time to, to part-time, but it kind of naturally worked out. um, Especially I went from insurance to private pay. So that kind of, that transition happened at the same time, which worked out. Um, but then, you know, it felt like enough. I kept being like, oh, it's just enough. It's so good. And then I got to a point of being like, actually, I'm ready for more. Like I would like, I would like more time um, to work. And that's kind of where I've been actually for the past couple of months is figuring out where can I, where can I do more? Where do I want to do more? Um, and how do I want to maximize my, my time? Because I, you know, I don't have a whole lot extra to to give to work so really having to be thoughtful and intentional about how how I want to spend that so that's been yeah it's been an exciting part right now yeah and that's such a good picture of how I think of how um ambition can shift or how you feel Mm -hmm. shift 
gifts, right? Like this mm-hmm. is enough. And then all of a sudden you have a little more room and you, you want a little more and it's just yeah. always changing and, and that's okay. Right. Like mm-hmm. you, you have yeah. more roles in your life now you have more going on. And so things, things might look a little different mm-hmm. in every season of life. Our values kind of shift or different things mm-hmm. take priority. So yeah. And owning your own yeah. business, you are in a unique kind of position to set it up with what feels good to you. So that that is exciting. Yeah, yeah. It's really nice. It's great to have this flexibility and to know that if I start to feel like, you know, maybe I want even more, of course, that's going to come with negotiating, you know, babysitter and this and that and um, taking away some time that, that I have with him. Um, but the fact that I do know that I have the freedom to kind of figure it out in that way that works best is, is so nice and relieving. And I know, and I'm, I'm grateful. I know not everybody has that, that choice, um, in this moment of life. And so it feels, um, I'm very grateful for it. And it is something that I think all moms go through trying to figure out how do I make work and my family fit together now that my family looks different than it did before. And as a business owner, that's a whole other thing, right? So how (laughs) has the idea of self-care shifted for you, both as a mom and as a business owner, balancing these roles, how has Mm self-care shifted for you in this year? Yeah. Makes me think of, um, I went, uh, I think four months after he was born, my, my sister-in-law was getting married. Um, and it was her bachelorette weekend and we had decided that like, okay, I was going to do it. Luckily my, my husband was ready to kind of take it on. My mom was going to come help a bit. And, you know, I went to the bachelorette weekend, had a great time and, you know, really was intentional about being present and trusting that like he was going to be fine. They were going to be fine. Um, and then on my flight back, I had like a 7 a.m. flight and I had a layover. First flight went fine. Second flight got canceled and I couldn't get on another flight until about 12 hours later. And so <laughs> there I was like in the, in the airport having like 10 hours to kill. And I remember my sister-in-law texting me like, oh no, I'm so sorry. You're having to go through that. And you know, I was like, but you know what? I have 10 hours to myself right now. <laughs> And I am just going to, I'm just going to soak that up. I'm going to enjoy it because I think that is what feels like self-care is really being intentional about when I have my own time, (sighs) like really relishing in it and, and just, you know, owning it. I find myself feeling a lot of self-care when I just kind of go for a drive. Like even if Michael's with me, like just listening to a podcast or, you know, that feels like feeding my soul a bit. Um, And yeah, it's, it's, I think where maybe before I would have not been so focused on my own self-care time, right? Because you're with yourself. Um, you didn't have to be so intentional about it all the time because um, we took for granted that we had so much of it. Um, so so really focusing on that, I think, has, has shifted a lot. And that's, you know, the same for my business is realizing that like, oh, my business is more than just client time. That's one, I think one piece that in going back, I was like, wait, 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 I I need, I need the like actual focused, um, like business admin hours. I didn't really account for that to start. And that was a shift I really had to make to make sure that I had that time that wasn't kind of filtering into the time, you know, after bedtime where I'm exhausted and I just need to rest truly. Um, so it's, it's the self-care is just really being 
so intentional. Yeah. And it sounds like being present because it's so Mm -hmm. easy to – like my first reaction when you tell that story is I imagine myself sitting for 10 hours being like panicky, right? Like it's so easy for us to self-sabotage and just like, you know, using extra time to think about all our responsibilities and all our roles. Totally. And so even just coming back to like, I'm here, this is the situation and I'm going to enjoy it, be present and this is my my time. Yeah. And and I will say I was very lucky that um, the new season of Love is Blind happened to like come out that day. So I did know that I would have a good amount of time to watch a show that I would probably not stay awake for had I been watching it at home. So perfect timing all perfectly orchestrated totally yeah is there a moment or a period of time that stands out most to you looking back on this year Mm, that's a great question um you know it's it's so interesting like the beginning feels like such a blur now like I think I just like I see images and like moments especially like in the middle of the night (laughs) I'm just like foggy or, you know, the anxiety that comes with like checking the monitor every hour, right? Just like waking up being like, are they breathing? Um, and, and I realized last night I was about to go to bed and I was like, well, I guess I'll check. But I was like, oh, that's different. Like that's different than when, you know, maybe the first five months, I think. <laughs> and, and so that feels really nice to kind of notice that shift, like just the really relaxing into this new normal, um, but I would, I would say there's like just, uh, there's nothing better than every, you know, I think the routines I'm, I love like knowing that, right, we're going to do the same, right, the same snuggle, the same song, the same, um, the same kiss before bed, right, the same morning routine. Like it's, I guess it goes back to that type A part in me that really enjoys predictability in routines. And once we kind of got into that. And to see how my son reacts really well to that, as we know, babies need and love routine too. Um, that how that kind of holds our family and, and really keeps us grounded in this new normal. I think that that is um, really helpful. And maybe how that routine allows us to um, to travel. Like we, we actually had to take him with us to said sister-in-law's wedding in Costa Rica. <laughs> in a few months ago and the fact that he could we could do that all together and he slept well and he ate well and right everything went like as good as it could be where maybe before I would be like oh no this kid has to stay home like the fact that we could have that experience as a family and for it to not be so anxiety provoking uh, was really really wonderful and yeah in reflecting on it you know I guess this is maybe the first time I've really gotten to like talk about it out loud and reflect back um yeah pretty pretty powerful to see how this work in building this routine and predictability is really a great container for the family yeah it it sounds like it really has given you confidence and that mm-hmm. knowing like this is a secure kind of base to come back to yeah. and it gives calm like the predictability and also connection like you're all mm-hmm. this is predictable we're all doing this together yeah. this is part yeah. of our family's tradition right like this yeah. ritual that we do together mm-hmm. that builds mm-hmm. connection and builds like celebration of each day at the end of the day mm-hmm. we get to do this together i think that's a really beautiful picture 
So true. Mm. What makes you feel proud about your first year as a mother? <sighs> yeah, I I am so I'm just so proud that you know he, I think looking at him makes me so proud, right? Seeing that he's he's thriving, he's doing so well, he's a really happy, relaxed guy, and I know so much of that is just him how he is, but then also knowing too that that just seeing how we all interact together in such a playful, fun, um, loving way makes me feel really proud. And, you know, I think that also goes back to, right, my own upbringing and the ways in which maybe it wasn't as playful or, you know, as openly, you know, loving and affectionate. And so knowing that we are, you know, establishing that for, for him from the get-go, um, it's, I think, Oh, experiencing that with him, I think is, is really healing for me. Um, yeah. And I know really good for him. So I think really proud of that. Yeah, absolutely. One of the cool things about getting to be a parent is getting to reparent yourself in some ways mm-hmm. and giving oh, yeah. yourself the things that you're building your family values and your family culture. And I hear that playfulness and love and connection mm-hmm. is really a big part of your family. Yeah. What delights you about Michael right now? Oh, he's at like the best age. Oh, he's so sweet. Like almost saying, like we, we swore we heard him say mama the other day, <laughs> which, which, you know, he, a lot of it is ba, 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 like not da or ma so much, but like it was a, it was a mama that we, we both paused. We're like, oh, we think that was it. <laughs> and it hasn't, it hasn't repeated yet, but we'll get there. It's okay. <laughs> But he, he's so he's so himself, um, right? He so gets it. Like he, you know, he notices things. Like even yesterday, I like dropped his crib down a little further because um, he's a very tall guy. And you know, he like I could see I put him down, and he was like, oh, "There's something different here." And so just you know, like seeing him learning and growing, it's just it's just the best. And he has the best smile. He loves to dance and move he's so sweet and snuggly and uh, yeah and he loves music and and being a you know a trained music therapist getting to make music with him is just so much fun like if I bring out a drum or a ukulele like he gets he loses it he loves it so much and so working with um having worked in the hospital setting for a long time before my private practice and working with so many babies and children um it is so special to like be making music now with my own my own son it's really really powerful yeah how do you think that your work as a creative arts psychotherapist and with music and art has impacted like the way that you parent or your perspective about parenting you know I I found it so powerful in especially the early days with him um how I I like went to my like what I would use in a session, especially with an, an infant when I was working in the pediatric hospital setting, like it's all about how can I help regulate? And so, you know, using singing to him, using my voice in, in a way that kind of mirrored the rocking motion. So kind of in a, in a time signature that that would literally give, give the rocking, go along with the rocking motion and how that I'm teaching him, right? I'm teaching his body to regulate, to regulate himself and, and how he can't do that right without me. Like it's, we need two 
he needs to be together with me to learn that, right? For his body to code that. And so much of the work that I do now with adults in, right, in psychotherapy and, and using creative arts is helping using music as a means to self-regulate and, mm-hmm. and in making music or, you know, being creative together, letting them have that experience of co-regulation, checking in with the body, like noticing what's happening for the body. And so to see that, you know, happen, right. With, with my son, it's, it's so, it's just really reinforcing of the work that, it, that I do. And also just reinforcing of the power of music to be this really supportive container for, for soothing, for regulation, um, and for joy. You know, it's so funny. Like early on, I would play this Disney, Disney playlist from Spotify, and he would always light up when You're Welcome from Moana came on, like even at like two, three months, like loved it. And there was one day in the, he was in the car and he was, he was really upset. And I was like, to my husband, I'm like, watch this. And he's like, it's not going to work. And I put on your welcome and he stops immediately and just kind of chills, you know, the rest of the ride. And so, so it's been, it's been nice too to kind of show, show my husband like, yeah, this is actually the work that I do, that music is really regulating and, and um, it's a way to connect, a way to bond, you know, singing to him, right. Singing has become part of the routine, you know, these songs that we do together and singing has helped us through transitions. Like now as he's gotten bigger, right. The transition from, let's say from crib to changing table is not always an easy one. You know, he knows he's going to the changing table. It's not fun, but we sing a changing your diaper song. And then he, he lights up because he, you know, that's part of the, um, the routine that grounds him. So it's been, been a powerful powerful to use it in our in our relationship. Yeah, that's amazing getting to see like your professional and your personal life collide and just like interweave and getting to use so much of your expertise to build up your connection and and the skills for your kiddo. Um I do work with with um NICU parents and we work on bonding with your baby in the NICU. And some of what we do is, is music focused of like, let's come up with a song together that you can sing to your baby every time you see them. And let's replace some words with their name because then it's going to help you both bond. And it's just, it's so beautiful and like so playful and fun. So I love, I love what you shared. And is there any other like tools or exercises you would recommend for moms in that first year to, to try out with their babies? Totally. You know, I would, I, what you just shared, I think is a great, um, a great tool to use to take a song, especially a song that you love, um, and slow it down, make, make it into a lullaby. Um, because right, you can play around with any song, but especially using what you, it doesn't always have to be twinkle, twinkle, or you are my sunshine, right? If you love, if you love the Beatles, if you love Adele, like, right, slow it down, make it something that, that you sing together because that's bringing a part of you in and, and mm-hmm. right. It's a way to, to connect and to bring that to your, to your baby. Um, I love singing his name. Um, we kind of, we made up a good morning song and he loves it so much. So, so, you know, making up fun little songs that just say, right. We're singing good morning, Michael, good morning, Michael. And, you know, we just, we do that. He loves it. Um, finding all these, these ways to just be playful, right? Playful with music. Um, 
end. And even just singing, I think in the early, early days, I would just either sing his name like in two tones, like Michael, Michael, which that, right, is like kind of the rocking motion. Sometimes it would just be on like an ooh or an ah. But um, but knowing that when you're, you're holding your baby and and they can feel uh, your your voice um, resonating in your chest, that actually is really soothing to them because, right, it, it mimics when they were in your womb, right? Because they were hearing your voice and the vibrations from your voice then. So so it's just really powerful to continue that as a measure to, to soothe and comfort them when they are when they are here in your arms. So fascinating. I love it. It's just like it makes sense and it's also so powerful. Yeah, totally. What words of encouragement or wisdom do you have for moms who are in the thick of it right now? Um, it's so interesting. I just went to visit a good friend who's three weeks three weeks out. Um, and, you know, what I said to her is just you're doing a great job. Like the fact that you are just you're here, right? You're showing up. You are meeting meeting her needs. You're doing enough. And just to validate that it's really hard. And the emotions are all over the place. And that's okay. And you're, you know, you're supposed to feel those. It's okay to have hard days. It's okay to, to want, right, to be able to take a break. That's okay, too, right? That this is such a big shift. And so I just, um, I feel really strongly about just validating all the hard parts um, while also celebrating, again, right, celebrating all the wonderful, beautiful parts. I think there's just embracing the duality of what it means to be a mom in the first year. Totally. There's room for all of it and it's all there. It's a big mix of emotions and experiences. And that's what makes it so big, right? It's it's all of this Mm -hmm. at the same time. Yeah. It's it's wild. That's probably a fourth. That is a fourth term I would use. It's (laughs) wild. wild (laughs) It's a wild ride. (laughs) Do you have any resources that you'd want to share? I'd say the resources I use, I mean, I know we all use Instagram, but it's actually like a really nice place to like, you know, find information and connection and validation of what you're going through. Like we're in the almost crawling phase. And literally the other day I'm looking up the hashtag like crawling <laughs> and, you know, just to, to validate that like, okay, he's not behind. He's right on time, right? These are the things you can do to, to support him and work on things, but just being able to reach out for for resources and to ask. And, um, you know, I think especially using all the people in my life has been really helpful and talking to them about it in ways that I just wouldn't have understood before becoming a mom. And so it actually has kind of increased my connection to friends and family that are moms and parents already. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, And where can people find you to connect? Sure. Well, interestingly, my Instagram hashtag is connectwithmegan. Um, and from there, you can find my website and, and everything else there. Thank you so much, Megan, for coming on and sharing both your experience and your expertise. I'm just like, I feel very excited leaving this conversation. Like I want to go turn on music and dance with my kids. Like I'm like, yes. this is fun oh. and it's powerful. Like we're, uh-huh. we're doing this. <laughs> oh, it's so powerful for bonding uh, and, and connection and learning and growth and, and just everything. It's good for the soul. So thank you so much, Molly, for having me. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. 
And if you did, you might want to subscribe to the podcast so you could be the first to know when new episodes air. Be sure to check out the show notes for any links, resources, or information that we mentioned in this episode. Thank you for listening.